Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. They say that being a parent is the most challenging thing in the world, but it's the best thing in the world. And after being a father for two and a half years, I would have to agree with the first half of that statement. (laughs) I'm kidding, it's the best thing in the world. I mean, it's so amazing to see, witness our children develop and learn. Like ever since our daughter Melody was born, we try to teach her how to communicate with sign language and words, and now she can speak in complete sentences. It's a blessing, it's so amazing to witness, but, but here's the thing. I think my wife and I are sending her some mi- mixed messages because now when I, when I tell her to get off the coffee table, she doesn't listen. Um, so here's how that looks like. Uh, I'll say something like, Melody, get off the coffee table. Melody, Lorraine, be a good listener. And when she still doesn't listen, I'll use her name in Portuguese. Melodia Lorena Azevedo, get off the coffee table agora. And she will turn to us with the cutest, most adorable face and let us know her thoughts on today's episode of Sesame Street. And I'll say, no, Melody, I, 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 I know Elmo is red, but I just need you to get off the coffee table. It is not safe. But I can't blame her. I I can't blame her. I don't know what she's thinking, but I can only imagine what she's thinking. She's probably thinking, Daddy, for over two years, you've been begging me to talk and asking me all these questions. And and what does a monkey say? And how many ducks do you see? And what color is this? And what is your name? You haven't stopped bugging me for over two years. And now that I finally decided to be a good talker, you're asking me to be a good listener. When is it enough, Daddy? When is it enough? Now, if that's what she's thinking, she makes a good point. It's tough, church. Like several weeks ago, when Melody decided to mimic a cartoon character by screaming the words, I need a tutu, at the top of her lungs at three o'clock in the morning, I convinced myself that these tears are tears of joy. Like what, I was just thinking, what is my solution? What is my solution? Thank you so much for listening. I really needed to get that all out in the open. It felt really good. I I know that the solution isn't to focus on teaching them to listen and skipping out on teaching them to talk because it's important for our kids to communicate, whether through sign language or spoken word, but it's also important for them to listen and obey. And as adults, we know the value of both. But the question is, when is speaking valuable and when is listening or silence valuable? So we've been in this series called A Time for Everything, going through a portion of Ecclesiastes 3. And Solomon wrote this book and he lived a long life. He was the wisest man that ever lived and he decided to write a book to teach us what he learned. And one of the lessons he learned was that life is made up of seasons that speaking is not more important than silence and silence is not more important than speaking, both are valuable. So I invite you to open to Ecclesiastes 3 with me. 
If you have a, a paper Bible, Psalms is usually right in the middle, and then you'll find Proverbs, and then you'll find Ecclesiastes. I also want to say hello to our online community and those in the chapel. It's so good to know that you're here with us. So let's, let's come together and pray for, uh, before we dive into this message. Father God, we, we thank you for the opportunity to read your word. We approach your word right now in silence. It's through the silence that we are able to hear your spirit. So please quiet our proud hearts. Please help us to accept what your word says and to reject the lies from the evil one. Take center stage as you use me to explain what your word says about speaking and being silent. We love you, God, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's start by reading Ecclesiastes 3, 1. <clears throat> There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Now let's jump to verse seven. This is where we're gonna land today. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. So let's focus today on the second half of verse seven. A time to be silent and a time to speak. And now let me just say, you don't have to be a Christian to know that words are extremely powerful. Like you may not call yourself a Christian, you may not even believe the Bible at all, which by the way, we're so glad that you're here. But let me just tell you something about Faith Church. We love the Bible here, so you're gonna hear the Bible spoken here. But what I'm gonna say and what I'm gonna read today is not really hard to believe. I think you'll agree with most of it, if not all of it, and you'll be able to apply this message to your life, your home life, your work life. So let me pause and let me just say something that I believe we can all agree on. Words are powerful. And we can see the power of God's word in Genesis when he creates the universe. Genesis 1-3 says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, if you go back to Genesis and read how God created the universe, you're going to see repeated over and over again, And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. Like he literally spoke the universe into existence. Our words also have power, nowhere near as powerful as God's words, of course, but our words have power. For example, true or false, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. False. I see a counselor regularly because of the damage that words caused me. And not only have words positively and negatively impacted me, but silence has also caused damage. James, the brother of Jesus, he describes the power of the tongue by explaining its impact in James 3. <clears throat> he says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
See, words can make someone feel like they don't matter and there's no point in living anymore. But words can also make someone feel like they do matter and life is worth living. Words can make someone believe that they are all alone, but words can also make someone believe that they are valued and heard, which might be the first time they hear it. So I think most of us can agree that words have power. And if we can agree on that, then my hope is that at least we can be more mindful of the words we choose to say and not say. And thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about this. And so with God's help, we can learn when and how to talk and when and how to be silent. So let's go back to Ecclesiastes 3.7, and we're going to talk about where it says that there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to open your mouth and a time to shut it. Solomon is saying that both are valuable. So how do we know when speaking is valuable, when being silent is valuable? Let's discuss speaking first, and then we'll go to being silent, all right? So my wife and I, we uh, bought our first home a little over a year ago, and we, we love it. I mean, it's challenging. The budget's a little tighter, but it's fantastic. And I've been learning so much, right, about owning a home, so much. Like, for example, we have forced air. So with forced air, there's an air filter, and I learned that you have to replace this air filter once every three years. <laughs> Just checking if you're paying attention, people. Come on. No, it's once every three months or so. And like an excellent first-time homeowner, I did not change it after three months. Totally forgot about it, out of sight, out of mind. I don't, I don't even know how much time passed, but when I eventually replaced the filter, I looked at the old filter and the new, and the difference was horrific. Like the old filter was dirty and disgusting. It was like black, and the new filter was nice and clean. And I realized how important a filter is. It allows my family to breathe in clean air. But let me just say that our HVAC system is old. Like it's it's on borrowed time. We need to replace it. But my HVAC system is still very valuable because it allows us to breathe clean air when you have a clean filter. And the Bible says something very similar when it comes to speaking. Speaking is valuable when it's joined by a strong filter. Is all speaking valuable? No. It's valuable when it's joined by a strong filter. Filter. See, the Hebrew word that Solomon uses for speak, it doesn't mean to just blurt out whatever comes to your mind. The, the Hebrew word to speak, it actually means to set in a row. And this word in Hebrew can be used for many things. It can be used to describe digging or leading. It can be used to describe uh, setting traps. Like you don't just set booby traps willy-nilly. Right, so when Solomon wrote, there is a time to speak, he used a word that gave us, that gives us a sense of planning and premeditation. He really means there's a time to put words in order. So I wanna let you in on our sermon preparation process here at Faith Church. Like we don't, when we teach from God's word, we don't just come up here and blurt out whatever comes to our mind. We take our time to study and prepare and write out our sermon, but 
It's not just about the words that we add to a page. It has a lot to do with the words that we delete from the page. See, speaking is valuable when it's joined by a strong filter. We want every single word to count. And we're so grateful that you show up week in and week out to listen to the preaching of God's word. And we take that seriously. So we don't want to give you dirty air. Dirty air that will cause you to be sick or, or have a spiritual asthma attack. We want to provide you with clean air that will breathe life into your lungs. And, and, and the same goes for our everyday life. Speaking words that breathe life into people requires intentionality. It takes planning. It takes wisdom. And I heard it said like this. Great quote. Don't know who said it. But I heard it said this way, wisdom is the ability to keep your mouth shut while your mind continues to talk to itself. Some of us need to write that down. Some of us need to print it out, frame it and hang it on a wall. What would the world look like if what we said was joined by a strong filter? What would our homes look like if what we said was joined by a strong filter? But maybe you're thinking, Tim, you're talking about wisdom. I don't, I don't have wisdom. I'm not wise. I'm a fool. Well, thank God there's a verse for you too. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28 says this. The one who hath knowledge uses words with what? Restraint, right? You see the filter there? And whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools, check this out, are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. There's a filter again. If you're unsure whether you should say something, just hold your tongue. And I'm not just saying to be silent forever. The purpose why you would hold your tongue is to give you time to put your words in order. It gives you time to think of the right time to say something. Like Proverbs 15, 23 says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? Just because you have something that needs to be said doesn't mean it should be said right now. Like that filter will give you time to pray, to seek counsel from other people, to open up God's word so that he can speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Speaking is valuable, yes, only when it's joined by a strong filter. But remember, silence is valuable too. So let's check out what the Bible says about that because it's very clear here. When is silence valuable? Silence is valuable when it's joined by purposeful listening. And I want to clarify this by telling you what Solomon is not saying. Solomon is not saying that there's a time to give someone the silent treatment, to seek revenge, and teach someone a lesson. Like, have you ever given someone a silent treatment for so long that you forgot the reason you were upset in the first place? And so much time has passed that you don't want to tell them because you're so embarrassed. Like that is not what Solomon had in mind. He's saying that just like with speaking for silence to be valuable, you need to be intentional about it. So what is purposeful listening? Well, we can find out by asking two questions. The first question is this, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Are you listening to toxic words from a toxic person? Don't waste your time there. Don't listen to that. Move on. Are you listening to gossip? Don't, don't partake in the, the gossip by listening to it. 
But what if you're listening to someone who's opening up to you about their struggles? Or maybe someone with more experience, maybe a teacher, a counselor, a mentor, a pastor. Maybe those words are worth listening to. What and who are you listening to? And the second question is this, how are you listening to it? I love what Job says in Job 6.24. It says, this is a prayer. It says, teach me and I will be quiet. Show me where I have been wrong. Silence is valuable when it's joined by purposeful listening. It requires a teachable spirit. You can't be arrogant and have a teachable spirit. Like someone could be talking to you, giving you counsel, and it could be the best advice in the world, the best teaching in the world. But if you're listening to it with arrogance, your silence means nothing. And listen, I'm, again, I'm thankful that you come to Faith Church week in and week out and stay quiet for half an hour to listen to sermon. But please hear me out. Your silence is only valuable when it's joined by purposeful listening, when it's joined by a teachable spirit. I heard someone say it this way, don't be a shovel Christian. Do you know what that is, a shovel Christian? A shovel Christian is someone who follows Jesus, but every time there's a good word or a good seed planted in their soul or their heart, they dig it up and chuck it to someone else. Like you, you might know what this looks like. You know, let's say you're driving to church and, and you say, hey, honey, what's the sermon on today? Oh, on being silent? Well, I got to make sure my mother-in-law tunes in online. If my mother-in-law is watching right now, I'm not talking about you, okay? I love you. Uh, no, church, that's not, that's not what we should do. What if instead we drove here or we joined in online and had the words of Job on our lips? Teach me and I will be quiet. Show me where I have been wrong. Anyone who's teaching God's word will appreciate your silence, but if it's not joined by purposeful listening, then your silence has no value. And you might be thinking, okay, this is good information, good to know. Thanks, Tim, for the insight. But you might be skeptical. You might be thinking, this sounds good, but what if it's different for me? Tim, you didn't take into account my position at work. You didn't consider all the time if people have used their words to manipulate me, I have to speak my mind. If I, I've tried having a whole filter thing and, and others have used it against me, what do you say then? Okay, well, let's go that route. Let's think of, think of someone who's in a high position in a large corporation. You know, let's go even higher. Let's think of a politician who oversees a city or, or a country. Why stop there? Why don't we think of the one who has authority over all creation Jesus himself. So I was thinking, how did, how did Jesus use speaking in silence in his life? Because if there's anyone who could ever have the right to talk without a filter and be silent and ignore us, it would be Jesus himself. And so I asked myself while studying this passage, how did Jesus use speaking in silence? And I found some beautiful things. And I'd love to walk through some of those with you. The first one is this, Jesus speaking was valuable because he used a filter. 
Jesus would often delay what he would say. Check out what he says to his disciples in John 16. He says, I have more, much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. See, Jesus could have revealed everything to his disciples at that moment in time, but he knew it was the wrong time. He knew that his disciples needed to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. His filter allowed him to put his words in order. Sometimes we have... We might have information that no one else knows, and we want to share with someone, anyone, not because the other person needs to know, but because it makes us feel good that we know that information. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I know something you don't know. And like, we just have the desire to tell them when it's wrong. Like, Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was more concerned about the hearer than himself. How amazing is that? When Jesus spoke, Everything he said was purposeful. He never spoke as a reaction. He didn't just blurt out everything that was on his mind. This is what he said in John 12. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. Jesus made sure to put his words in order before he opened his mouth. So how about silence? I think it's important for us to think about the beauty of Jesus' silence. Jesus' silence was valuable because he listened with purpose. He saw the intentions of their heart. He listened to the hearts of the people. He looked past the noise of the crowds and was silent before his accusers. Check out what the apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2. This is remarkable. It says, he committed no sign, speaking of Jesus, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, what did he do? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And listen, I know we're not all there. I'm not there. I'll say things that I shouldn't say when I'm upset, when I'm angry, when I feel cornered. But when Jesus was being persecuted, he had every right to retaliate and insult back. He could have used their past sins against them. He could have dug up some skeletons that no one knew about and used it as leverage. He could have threatened them and used his authority to take control, to take over. But instead, what did he do? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly, and he remained silent. Is it possible that the reason why we struggle with holding our tongue, being silent, and listening with purpose is because we don't fully trust God? Could it be that we don't really believe that God will make things right, and so we feel like we need to open our mouths and take control of the situation? Church, remember, as Jesus was hanging on the cross naked, exposed, bloody for all to see as the creator of the universe, the son of God, the strongest hero, as he hung on a tree in his most vulnerable state. Matthew says that people would pass by and insult him and shake their heads. They would pass by and challenge him to prove 
he's the son of God by coming down from the cross. They would spit lies by saying he's not, he can't save himself. He's not truly the son of God. And what did Jesus do? He was silent and he prayed for them. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So he prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Now, please don't be extreme when applying this passage. Like, like some of us will be prone to silence, right? Some of us will be prone to many, 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 many words. Okay, so I'm going to speak with truth and grace to both of these extremes. And, and when I think about this, I need to ask myself, do I trust God enough to speak with a strong filter? Do I trust God enough to be silent with purposeful listening? Do you trust God enough? I'm going to speak to the parents. Some of you are prone to silence. You may be terrified about talking to your adolescent about very important topics such as sex and their self-image and what God thinks about it all. Let me just encourage you, parents, you need to speak up now more than ever. If you don't speak up, someone or something else will take that void. And don't get me wrong, we have an outstanding student ministry and God is working in incredible ways. But what you have to say has more impact. You are your child's shepherd. But now whether you're single or you're married, young, old, a student, whether you're working or retired, if you're prone to silence, I encourage you, find more opportunities to speak up because guess what? You have something valuable to say. Someone who doesn't have a voice needs your voice. We can pray about the injustice we see in the world all day, but guess what? Your voice, your words have influence and impact on other people. Share your story. Someone can use your friendship. Someone can use your wise words and, and your skills and your experience. Someone can use your grace and your truth and your sense of humor and your knowledge. And for those who are prone to many words, those who keep talking because maybe you're a verbal processor, we love you. <laughs> and God made you this way for a reason. And you sitting here for 30 minutes in silence is probably torture to you. But once the service is over, please don't give someone else a part two of this sermon, okay? Instead, ask questions and listen to others. You may be surprised that your friends and family have valuable things to say. The people in your small group have valuable things to say. But listen, if you keep talking and never shut up, you'll never be able to hear those valuable things. So church, let's cut the silence and speak up for the glory of God, but also let's shut up for the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? What would our church look like if we all intentionally developed a strong filter and listened with purpose, what if we intentionally 
apply James 1.19, which says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I, I believe if we did that, more stories will be told. I don't know if you saw Katie's story a couple weeks back. If you didn't, make sure to do that online. I loved her story and it impacted me so much. It's so meaningful. But guess what? You all have a story. Share it. If we all had strong filters when we speak and listen more in our silence, we would understand each other more. We will learn more about the beauty of diversity and God's creativity in the church, and it would unite us as his people. So let's get used to each other because we're in this for the long haul. I believe that if we had strong filters and listened with purpose, our social media posts would look a lot different. We will be more selective with what we share, the words we use, and when we comment. Sometimes one of the best things you can do, and this is revolutionary, lean in, listen. One of the best things you can do is to be silent, unfollow, and scroll. Okay? Like, but sometimes one of the best things you can do is to reply, is to speak the truth with grace and to engage with someone in love. Jesus used a strong filter because he trusted God. And guess what? You can use a strong filter too because you trust God. Jesus' silence was valuable because he listened with purpose and you can listen with purpose as well. I, I don't, I'm tired of making excuses about myself. Well, this is just the way I am. No, my identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. And so I just wanna take a moment right now to pray but before I do, I'd love for you to just close your eyes and in your own words, ask God, Lord, where do I need work? Do you need help with how you speak? Do you need help being a better listener? Does your filter need to be stronger? Let's ask God to change us to become more like Jesus. Father God, we thank you for these moments you've given us to study your word. The Bible says that the word became flesh. In Jesus, we are able to see your word lived out. And that's what we want. We wanna speak like Jesus and be silent like Jesus. We want to be slow to speak and quick to listen like Jesus. We want our life to be filled with grace and truth like Jesus. Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to develop strong filters and to learn to listen with purpose. Unite us as a church for your glory. We love you, God. And we pray that as we speak, as we are silent, wherever we go, that we can speak the name of Jesus. We pray this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.